And you're listening to the Northwind Podcast. My name is Justin Vant Hoff. I'm the editor-in-chief for the Northwind, and I'm joined by my fellow editors, Peter Smedley, who's the features editor, and Travis Nelson, who's the sports editor. We have a lot of exciting stories this week, uh, from gaming to hockey to the Gift of Life Challenge. So we'll kind of just dive right into things. So for news this week, we had a really interesting story about the uh, Student Nurses Association putting on uh, their first ever Gift of Life campus challenge. And what this challenge is, is they're um, trying to get information about organ donating out there and raise awareness about the importance of organ donors um, and what, you know, how specifically um, if you donate your organs, they will be used to help people. And so we had a really interesting quote from Alyssa Milski, who's a junior nursing major and uh, president of the Student Nurses Association at NMU. Uh, and she talked a little bit about what to expect uh, during this Gift of Life Challenge. Let's, let's give a listen. We're going to tell them what organs can be donated. Um, we're going to tell them that your tissue can actually, actually be donated because that's a big misconception. A lot of people didn't, like, didn't know that. Um, just like the benefits of doing it as well. Um, and just a little bit um, about facts. So um, we say each organ donor can save up to eight lives. Um, and I think that's a big statistic to know. And I, so yes, yeah, so basically just sharing information. And if they don't know how to become an organ donor, we will just help them sign up. Yeah. So that was a, that was a really interesting quote. She had mentioned each, each organ donor can save up to eight lives. That's, that's kind of incredible. And, and something I at least, you know, hadn't put much thought into, you know, when you think about donating your organs, you don't really think about where it goes and, and how those, how it helps people. But I thought that was pretty cool. I thought it was interesting to hear, you know, how specifically, I mean, I didn't know that you could donate, donate skin as well. Like that's crazy. It's, it's kind of cool. It's like, and it's weird. It's in its own format. I mean, how, what, like these doctors and all these, um, you know, medical, medically professionals, medical professionals are doing how like to help out fellow humans. It's kind of just really like, impressive. And like, it's, it's just unbelievable almost of how, like what they're, what they could do with like with skin and stuff. And it's really like, it's awesome. Like, it's almost like, it almost feels like, why wouldn't you want to like donate and be, you know, donate and be a part of that cause? Because if you've lived everything you can like on this, like on this earth, you know, I think it's like, you should be able to keep contributing to it once you're gone too. Like, that'd be a good feeling to have, you know, I think by, for myself, like knowing once you're, once you are done, once your time is up here, I mean, and just to be able to help other people up to eight people as, or around, like, as she said, which is honest, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's really cool that people are willing and able to help in that way. I think that's kind of something that's come out of our generation though you know the other generation wasn't that big into organ donating donating organ donating well, that that's changed a lot now i think that we're all kind of into it because we see it's like this is a positive thing so i used to be back in the day i was like oh yeah cryogenics that's so cool i want to freeze my body you know maybe i'll get revived <laughs> in like a century or five centuries i don't know but then i read something about how that there was some guy doing this and then the bodies were just thawing because he couldn't afford to keep them frozen and that's nasty mm-hmm. and like they're just wasting bodies and like people that can be safe from this stuff so like organ donating is super important it's super cool if you're not an organ donor sign up to be one because it matters it makes differences yeah and i, and I think too uh, good point peter um it's it's really important to, to get educated on these things uh I, I think there are a lot of misconceptions people have about the organ donating process 
um, and how specifically your body will, will be used to save people's lives. That I think it's it's really cool that um, you know NMU's uh, Student Nurses Association is putting on this event for the first time here at, at NMU and giving students an opportunity to really learn about um, learn about the process of organ donating. I, I think this is a really cool initiative and and something you know it's it's going on um, until February 18th and it's something that I personally hope they have a very good success with and, and get plenty of people registered in the Oregon Dome. I think it's just really important. I mean, and then obviously with organ doning and things along that, that nature, I mean, it's like, if you can, anytime like a group or an organization can come into our university and educate us on something, it's really important just for anything that we can learn at this point in our lives, you know, it's or anyway, any age for that matter. And then the community is really just really important because of not just us as students to be able to learn that, but anyone else in the area who's interested, it's really something that anyone should, if they want should be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said, Travis. And shifting on to, to features now, uh, Peter, you had a, a really interesting story this week about esports at NMU. And you actually had a really cool interview where you sat down with one of the professional esports players. So well, tell us a little bit about that piece. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with this piece. I actually talked to the head coach uh, who coaches League of Legends and the Smash Bros team, which is apparently a typical thing in esports where coaches are responsible for multiple teams, which I really didn't know that. thought that was kind of interesting because he was talking about how um, NMU is planning on expanding their uh, games to be more than just what we have right now. So they're adding Counter-Strike as a temporary game this semester, potentially adding it permanently, and then Rocket League as well. But uh, I was super excited to talk to Landon um, Iodis. I think that's how I say his last name in particular, because he's a Smash player, and Smash is something that I've been playing since I was literally two years old. Uh, it was probably my first game I ever played. And I was beating my brothers in it when I was like three or four. Uh, he talked a lot about his passions with the game, which I really enjoyed. Um, he grew up playing Smash as well. He was big into Brawl, which is the Wii version. He also played the N64 version when he was growing up too. For some reason, he never played Melee. I thought that was a little fishy, but you know, it's fine. I'll, I'll be, I'll get over it. It's okay. But the one thing that I really enjoyed him talking about was uh, his motivations and his thought process, like entering tournaments. He said that he does a lot of the... Uh, he watches a lot of YouTube videos. There's a lot of meditation before he takes breaks. I actually have a clip of it that we can listen to here. Um, when I go through a tournament, the first thing I uh, myself uh, personally will try to do is try to figure out different ways of like keeping myself um, like composed because it's like it's a big tournament. Uh, I've only um, there's like different scales of different tournaments, and there's like some of the big names from around the world. Since um, we haven't had that luxury yet this year, but but when like you are like in a big tournament and uh, and like or any time of tournament, you kind of like have like the um, stress, I would say, and uh, mentality and uh, anything could happen in that game. Uh, you could be up one stock um, in full, like zero percent, and next thing you know, you could just lose that whole thing. So momentum is a huge, big deal. So I try to uh, before um, before a tournament I would um, like kind of rest. I wouldn't try to super practice hard, um, and then uh, I would watch some film. Yeah, watch some film and then go into tournaments and then 
work on like some mentality techniques. There's been videos all over YouTube about trying to improve mentality in Smash Bros. Because I mean, mentality is the, is what I think as you win the game. Yeah, Peter, you're absolutely right. That was a, a really really fun quote. Um, you know, it's it's always really really cool to listen to people talk about their preparation process, uh, and especially with something like. Uh, doing um, gaming, it's, it's not something we talk about the process a lot, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's always fun to hear that. Um, and it, you know, it is cool that, that NMU is given, you know, an opportunity for people to, to, to try this out and, and do it professionally, right. And play in tournaments. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, this is a really cool piece and I really enjoyed reading it um, and, and hearing him talk about games that I personally love to play myself, you know, like you had said, Smash was, it's a, that was a big part of your growing up, Peter. And, and I agree, it was a big part of my growing up as well. I, I think when you have a game that resonates with you and um, it connects you to your childhood and, and connects you to good parts in your life, it, it's always fun to hear other people have that passion too. And it's, it's cool that, you know, he, he's been able to, play competitive smash because i i don't think i could personally do that <laughs> oh yeah it would stress me out so much i mean competing like in other things is already stressing me out I, I i'm super happy about it though because you know it's starting to get the respect that it deserves you know it, it's gaining the traction that real sports have i'm i'm saying real sports as if this isn't a real sport exactly because i've been trained to say it like that you know they're getting in your head that's what it is <laughs> but it, it has like the prowess to become something now and I think that's really exciting and I hope that we continue to see that and that this whole program continues to grow. I mean NMU added it as a sport for a reason you know and just because of its comp its competition the competition of it is really impressive to see and like you know it's like it's kind of it's kind of funny because you hear him talk about what his preparation was and like watching film along with these things and preparing and resting and things like that and like and like you said about the train thing, your mind automatically goes to like you know it's like it's a it's a game it's a gaming tournament you know or like it's gaming you know it's like what do you got to do? But it's like the mental preparation is huge. Like in, in any other sport, it's always the same. You got to be mentally fit to succeed at this, and you really see it here this new esports team. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's just incredible. And and you know, Travis, I'm sure that that's. You know, as a sports reporter, something that you you follow often is that is that process of preparation and then turn, turning it into results on the field. Um, whereas in this case, you know, it's it's results in the in the tournaments. But yeah, just a really cool piece and and you know, really really awesome to hear their story. Now shifting over to sports, uh, Travis, you had a, an update from us from this past uh, this past hockey game. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yep. Um, Northern Hockey just had a completed series of Michigan Tech where um, they were supposed to be playing Alabama Huntsville this past weekend, but it got postponed due to Huntsville having COVID. So that Northern could not play them because Huntsville had COVID in the program. And we wrote an article about that that's up on the website. And it just so happened that Michigan Tech was supposed to be playing Lake Superior State this past weekend as well. And Lake Superior State had COVID-19 positives, so Michigan Tech couldn't play either. So thankfully the athletic directors, I mean, and whoever else in the scheduling process made this happen was WCHA. Michigan Tech played Northern Michigan in a series that wasn't supposed to happen, but it did right on the day before. It's, it was it was crazy. So Saturday, um, Northern played at Tech, and Tech won 2-0 that game, but I did not cover that one. But I was there Monday night when Michigan Tech played at Northern at the Barry Event Center, and Michigan Tech 
came out with a four to one victory in a game that was the score is very misleading. And I think, to be honest with you, I think it was really Northern was up. Northern scored the first goal right away. Andre Gontos just returned back to the lineup, scored the goal, first goal of the year to make it one zero Northern. They've had a real problem with starting off a game slow and they came out and scored the first goal. So, you know, their chances are chances obviously increased from before and to try to overcome that. But then Michigan Tech had some interesting – it was a, some bad luck for Northern, honestly, for the couple goals, the first two goals they had. And then they it's two to one in the second period. And Northern couldn't recover. And Northern is now on an eight-game losing streak this season. And it's it's been tough. And it's funny because Grandpa Tony, the head coach of the Wildcats, has been talking about – he said it might sound crazy, but they've been playing pretty good the last five games or so, you know. it's I mean, you lose all five games. Everyone's probably like – there's no way, like, that's not crazy. You're not, you lost all five games, but there's a way to win. And like, there's a way you can lose and like lose poorly. And there's a way you can lose and feel better about it. I mean, like he said, like he always says, you play to win the game, but you could take things from a loss too. You can learn lessons from a loss. You'd rather learn them from a win, but so they're an eight game skater right now. It's not the greatest, but they do face Ferris State this weekend. Who's the only team that they beat. They're two and 10 beat Ferris State twice, so maybe, you know, at home, get two wins there. They're only 0-2 in the conference, too, I might add, because, I mean, other other games were non-conference. The game against Michigan Tech was non-conference, and so they're only 0-2, so they have a lot of hockey left to play for their season here, and there's a lot left to play for. It's not, season's not over by any means, and um, the Tony's, and the team's making sure the season's not over. Like, they're not, you know, they're they're sticking together through this losing streak. And when a lot of times teams could really just self-destruct in this time. And Grant talked about that. And here's him talking about that. After the game, I I I um I, I knew how I felt about them and I asked him a question. I said, you know, do you think that, you know, we're we're trying? Do you think that as coaching staff we're making it enjoyable? Um, do you think as a coaching staff, you know, we're we're doing the things required, you know, to get us out of it? And the answer was yes. And, and I told them, I said, guys, I know every one of you cares. Um, I know that, you know, because you, you practice hard, you play hard, you, um, you do the right things. You, you know, we, we don't have any issues where, you know, coaches are pointing at players or players are pointing at coaches, um, you know, and, and typically in, in one of these stretches, that's, that is, is an issue. Um, you know, for us, fortunately, we don't have that. So it gives you, a, you know, gives you a chance to keep working together and, and you know, keep trying to make strides. To say it, but I feel bad for them, you know, like they're just not doing well. And it's, it feels like they don't know what they're doing wrong. Yeah, absolutely. You could tell that from the, from the quote um, from the coach that they, you know, they're, they're doing the things that they're supposed to be doing and they're, and they're trying to work as a, as a team to get it done, but it's, it's just not happening for them yet. Um, and part of that you got to wonder is, is it because of the atmosphere um, that they're playing under this, this season? Yeah. Um, you it know, they don't it. have people in the stands. They don't have a, you know, the typical, you know, very event center on a Friday night when a, when teams playing or, or even, you know, during the week when we have a game against tech that that would normally be packed right out the door. Oh um, yeah. And that's got to be a really just hard thing mentally for them to overcome. So you, you do wonder if that's playing a, a factor into their, um, their not their struggling um, so far. I mean, it's just um, 
The problem, yeah, the thing about that is, um, you know, that's that's the thing that every a lot of all the teams are dealing with at the moment, and it's like, I mean, maybe it's affecting more than others because we know how a good crowd the Barry Event Center can have. So maybe, as of having one of the better home like home ice advantages in hockey, I mean, it could be it's pretty tough to overcome. And I mean, along with that, I mean, you're going on the road and then you're playing. They're playing like they're playing some good teams here. We're talking about because they play. I mean, Michigan Tech's ranked in the top twenty in in the country, and you know. Um, Nolan's lost to them. They've lost ten times. They've lost to them four times now. They've lost to Minnesota State twice, who is top five in the country, or top uh, top ten. I, I can't I'm not sure the exact ranking. Bowling Green is one of the hottest teams in the entire country. That's four more losses of those two combined. So eighty or ten losses we're talking about against three top teams in the whole country. So like they, it's not like they're not it's not like they're losing to any poor teams. Like they're playing. I mean they're they're playing good teams right now and it's like it's got a hope like hopefully Ferris State now can be the team that they play and they beat and they have confidence they know they've done it before that they can get pulled through and get back in the win column because if they win these two games they're two and two in the conference I mean that's that's 50 percent so I mean they're right they're right they're still in the hunt with that so I mean the season's like I said earlier season's still a lot to play for for them and Tony talked about that like you said you know you play for you play for the you play to win the game all the time but fortunately the way the schedule's worked out they still have a chance to fight for the for the WCHJ tournament seating, and that's still in play at this point. I mean, like I said, those three teams earlier, I mentioned Minnesota State, Bowling Green, Michigan Tech, are all in the are in the conference spot. It doesn't mean that they still play. They still play um, Tech twice and Bowling Green twice, so they still have another crack at them both. Well, thank you, Travis, and, and thank you, Peter, for for sharing uh, the insight that you gained covering these these stories and events. Uh, we appreciate you for listening into the Northwind podcast. If you're interested in reading any of the pieces that we've discussed today or, or just our content in general, you can read it at thenorthwindonline.com or check your, if you're an NMU student, uh, check your emails on Fridays for our weekly PDFN newsletter. So thank you so much. Uh, I hope you have a, a wonderful week and thank you for listening.